welcome to the Lighthouse Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope today's teaching will encourage you in your faith and help you develop an increasing desire to walk with God. Let's listen in. Well, hey, good morning. Uh, Welcome. As Amy mentioned, if you would, uh, open up your Bibles to John 14 or click over there on your device uh, while you're going there. My name is Fritz Bilo. I do serve as one of the pastors here at Lighthouse Community. I'm so glad that you chose, uh, you chose, you chose, you chose, yeah, you chose, 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 yeah. Good morning. Open your Bibles to, uh, yeah. Had a glitch in the matrix there. Not sure what uh, what happened, but uh, really glad that you did choose to join us. Those two words together are tough at Lighthouse Community, and I want to welcome everybody who's here this morning. Um, want to uh, give a shout out to our Bluffton Community location, and then also uh, welcome to all of you who are joining us at our online campus, uh, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, or at our website. We're really glad uh, every one of you are here with us today. And uh, we're in a series called Supernatural, and we're discovering what the Bible has to say about who is the person of the Holy Spirit. And if you were here last week, uh, you know that one of our elders, Larry Sewell, launched our series and uh, really did a, a phenomenal job of linking Scripture and the Spirit together. And if you missed that, I would really encourage you. You are going to want to go back and watch that um, and pick back up. So uh, fantastic. Uh, now, here's what we're going to do. Pop quiz time, all right? <laughs> How many of you are instantly angry right now, right? You're going, I, <laughs> yes, I, wasn't, I didn't ask you to raise your hand. That was, that was not a response moment. Uh, yeah, pop quizzes in school uh, were always the best, right? Uh, we're going to do a little pop quiz here. I'm actually going to hold up an object. And just by a show of hands, so thanks for being ready uh, with that. But just by a show of hands, I want you to raise your hand if you, if you know what it is. Um, and so I'll ask a couple questions, and I just want you to respond with your hands raised. And if you're joining us online, maybe you can find like a little hand emoji and put that in the, uh, in the chat or something like that. I don't know. Uh, bless God for emojis. Uh, those are good. So, um, okay, here's what we got. All right, I got three objects here. Okay, do me a favor. Raise your hand if you know what this is. Okay, all right, got a few. Okay, very good. Okay, now raise your hand if you know what it's like, how to use it. Less hands, okay? <laughs> that is okay. All right, so uh, real quick, uh, and if you know online, let us know. What, somebody just shout out, what is this? Okay, good. Yeah, I was like, oh man, nobody's saying it. had all these hands raised. We're like, oh, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. Yeah, uh, it's a conduit bender. And so, literally, uh, what you do is there's uh, metal pipes that this is electricians use this, right? They run wire through metal pipes, and if they need to put a bend in it, they use uh, one of these tools, which is a, a conduit bender. But if you don't know what it is, right, you, you would be tempted to, you know, like maybe play it, uh, you know, or like take, go like take the ring back to Mordor um, if, uh, you know, if you don't know, if you don't know what this is. So um, you got you to gotta know what it is. Okay, here's another one. This one may be a little more challenging. How many of you know what this is? Raise your hand. Okay. One of the guys who gave it to me is raising his hand right now. It's like, okay. <laughs> All right. How many of you know how to use this? Okay, a few of you. All right. Okay, here's, here's what this is. This is what is known as an inflatable shim. And so those of you who have ever locked your keys in your car and have had somebody show up to break into your car 
so that you can get your keys back out. That's what they stick in your door, um, so they can create a little bit of a gap, right? And so uh, tow truck drivers use this to open your car when you lock your keys inside. Uh, burglars use this to get the change uh, out of your vehicle, uh, right? But, if, but again, if you don't know what this is, you're looking for like, how do I hook this up to get my, you know, my pulse and, uh, and do all of that, okay? Okay, last one. How many of you know what this is? I don't know if you can see that online. Okay, got a couple hands raised. All right, of the hands that are raised, how many of you know how to use it? You could use it. Okay, less hands. All right. What is it? Anybody know what this is? Yeah, pipe cutter. You got it. So this is for, this is for cutting uh, like copper pipe. And so plumbers will use this. Uh, I actually was using this and I broke it, so I fixed it by putting a nail uh, in there, right? <laughs> so this is custom. You can't even buy this, right? Uh, yeah, but so right. If, but if you don't know what this is or how to use it or what it's for, you might be tempted to go, "Oh, this is this is a beautiful piece of work that somebody created. I'm going to put it on my mantle, you know, to to like display so all my guests come over and they can see my my cool my cool tchotchke, um or whatever it may be, right? So, so those are right. Those are all tools. It, but if you don't know what the tools are for or what they are, you're not going to know what they're for. You're not going to know their purpose. Uh, if you don't know what the tools are, you're more likely to misuse them right? If you don't know how to use the tools, if you don't know what they are, you don't know how to use them, you're more likely to ignore them when you could be using them. And it would actually make your job a whole lot easier, right? And more effective, more efficient. And so these are just tools, right? They're specialized tools that are used on the, on the work site in different places and things like that. So there's not this like massive, huge consequence if you don't know how to use them uh, or anything like that. Because um, they're specialized, they only fit a few unique situations. But that's not true of everything, right? Especially when you talk about uh, spiritual things in the spiritual realm. See, what the, the, the thing is, is that unfortunately, far too many people, believers even, right? Believers, disciples of Jesus Christ, people uh, who, who have put their trust in Jesus Christ, don't understand the person of the Holy Spirit, Okay? They don't really understand the person of the Holy Spirit, okay? and they simply don't know who he is. They, they don't really know what he does. They don't really understand how the Bible describes him, right? They don't really know how to listen to his leadership. And, and, if, you, and if you don't, right, that has far, reaching, far more reaching consequences than if you don't know what a conduit bender is, right? Like, like, that's not a big deal. You'll go find somebody who knows what a conduit bender is, and they're going to figure it out, right? And so when we don't understand who the Holy Spirit is, we misunderstand him. We misuse his name. And actually, for many of us, we largely ignore him because we just don't know how to wrap our minds around that. And so you have to, and, and you got to catch this, you have to know that the Holy Spirit is far more than like a specialized tool, Okay, that's not who he is. That is not the Holy Spirit. He's not a specialized tool. But again, if you don't know who he is, you don't know how to listen to his leadership, um, it, it's going to be a, a larger issue than anything else. And so today, what we're going to do is we're going to dive into the passage to discover who the Holy Spirit is so that we can know him and we can trust him more. Now, what I want to begin with before we get into the passage is I want to share a clarifying truth with you, okay? What, what I'm going to share with you is so foundational to all people everywhere, right? Um, in fact, when you hear what I'm about to say, you, you may actually just 
burst into tears, right? Because you're so overwhelmed with what I'm about to share with you. You actually might burst into flames, right? That, this is how powerful what I'm going to share with you is. So here's what I encourage you to do. Look at the person next to you. Let them know you love them because uh, this could be the last time that you look at them. All right. All right. Are you ready? Here we go. All right. Yep. Go ahead. Keep it appropriate in the room, couples. Okay. All right. Listen. All right. Here we go. You ready? Don't say I didn't warn you. Okay. I'm going to share it. Christ followers, follow Christ. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, yes. Somebody's like mind blown, right? Somebody's like, wow. It, it sounds basic, right? Some of you guys like, this is what I paid for, right? Well, this is, this, is, this is the thing. I show up. He's not been here for two weeks. This is the big thing he does, right? Christ followers follow Christ. Okay, listen, I get it. I know it sounds one-on-one. But, but if, you miss, if you miss this central truth, Christ followers follow Christ. If you miss that, then what happens is that Christianity in your life ends up taking all kinds of weird turns and leads you places that Jesus never intended you to go. Now, I want to go even more foundational. Just for a moment, I want to talk about that word follow. All right? What does it mean to follow? Well, it means to come after something else. Okay? To come after something else. Follow means to move behind someone else, something else in the same direction. That's what it means to follow. You, 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 remember, you remember the game, follow the leader, you know, whatever the leader did, then, then that's what all the followers had to do or you were out of the game. And so if, if you were the follower, by definition, that meant that you are not the Leader, yeah, just by pure definition of that game. You're not the leader, you're the follower. If you're the follower, you're not the leader. And so if you are a Christ follower, if you're a follower of Christ, by definition, that means that you are not the, oh. Who is Christ? Christ is the leader. Jesus is leading Jesus is in charge. Jesus is the leader. Jesus is king, and you're not. Here's where this becomes pivotal for our passage today, because we're going to read this first passage that Jesus shares with us in John chapter 14. It's actually verse 15 is where we're going to start. I want to do this. Let's, let's actually read this passage out loud uh, up here on the screen. Um, are you ready? go. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Okay. Seems pretty plain, straightforward. I'd like to read this again, but let's read it in another version just in case the ESV got it wrong. Okay. So uh, this is the amplified version classic because they have the new updated. I'm a classic guy. All right. Um, So, okay, here we go. Uh, Let's read this out loud together, starting with, uh, if you really, are you ready? Go. If you really love me, you will keep obey my commands. All right. Let's read that one more time. Uh, we, let's do it. This is another uh, translation, another version here. This is the contemporary English version. Just make sure I want to make sure there's continuity here. Uh, let's start and read this out loud together. Are you ready? Go. Jesus said to his disciples, if you love me, you will do as I command. 
For me, this still feels a little fuzzy, so I'd like to look at one more passage. Uh, this should be the new contemporary version, or excuse me, new century version. Uh, let's read this together. Ready? Go. If you love me, you will obey my commands. Okay. All right. One more. Okay, this is the last one. I promise. This is New Living Translation, John 14, 15. Everybody together. Let's go. If you love me, obey my commandments. Did you catch what Jesus is saying to his disciples? Do you see the same thing I see? If you love me, if you love me, if you want to show that you're one of my followers, if you want to express genuine love for me as your forgiver and your leader, it's going to be revealed through my leadership over your life. This is what he's saying, okay? Jesus will be the leader, you will be the follower. When your heart desires one thing, but the Bible says that the thing you desire is opposed to God's character and his values, you will submit your desires to Jesus' leadership. When you want to pursue a business degree, and Jesus tells you to pursue something different and to maybe enter nursing, you follow Jesus. You see, that's what love for Jesus looks like. That's actually what it means to be a Christ follower. Christ followers follow Christ. And so in essence, what we do is we give up ownership of our own lives. We are not in charge of them anymore. They don't belong to us. We don't own them. And so I want to pause for a moment. Is this idea of not being in charge of your own life is it chafing and like rubbing against you like sandpaper the way that it does for me? Like, do you kind of sense that? The sight, like, wait a second, I'm not in charge. I, I'm not calling the shots. If I'm a Christ follower, I'm not the one who's calling all the shots in my life and saying what I'm going to do, when I'm going to do it, how I'm going to do it, where I'm going to do it, under my terms, conditions, power, all of that. Is that what this is saying? Yes. That's exactly what this is saying. Does it rub against your sensibility? Does it something kind of deep down, even if you're trying to cover it up, go, no, I'm fine with it, I'm good with it. I'll do, you know, whatever, man. I'll go to Africa. I'll wear polyester Bermuda shorts. I'm good. I'll do whatever you need me to do, Jesus. Not really. You know, like, but listen, I'm there. I'm there, right? If that rubs against you, if you struggle with that as you hear this idea that Jesus is the leader and you're the follower, Jesus is the king and you're not, Jesus calls the shots and you don't. If that rubs you a little bit, that's exactly why we need the Holy Spirit. That's exactly why we need the person of the Holy Spirit. See, what the Holy Spirit does is he actually empowers Christ followers to follow Christ. That's what he does. That's, that's actually what he does. And so you're going to see this. We're going to read this whole passage. Uh, I'm going to read it. I want you to follow along here in John chapter 14. And, and when we get to the end of this, you're going to see really clearly that what is happening here is Jesus is, is setting up the ministry, the person of the Holy Spirit. And what his role is, is actually he helps Christ followers follow Christ. And so I'm going to read from the English Standard Version, but you can follow along with what you have. And this is what it says. 
This is Jesus speaking, by the way. So some of you guys, this is like in the red. So you have to pay attention to this, right, out of anything. Um, so this is what Jesus says. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, I love this, not Iscariot, right? (laughs) Not that guy, uh, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not Keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And so in this passage, Jesus is exposing the person of the Holy Spirit to his disciples. And yet seated in this whole thing is conversations about love and obedience and coming under the the authority of Jesus Christ. And so what Jesus does is he reveals four pivotal ways that the Holy Spirit actually helps Christ's followers to follow Christ. And so here's what he says. He says, listen, the Holy Spirit is another advocate. He also says the Holy Spirit is a person. Then he says the Holy Spirit's a teacher, and the Holy Spirit is a reminder. And so what Jesus said is, if you'll love me, if you'll love me, you'll obey my commands. You'll follow me. You'll trust me with your life, right? And when you do that, What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask God the Father to give you another helper, okay? Uh, You might want to write this reference down, go check it out at a later time, but 1 John 2, verse 1, you're going to see who the first helper is. I don't have time to get into it. I wish I did, but go look at that. You'll see who the first helper is, and the Holy Spirit is another helper. Now, this word helper, uh, I actually think it's, uh, this is not translated poorly, but what I would say is I think the better translation from the original Greek to carry over the, the meaning, it may be better translated as advocate, okay? So uh, I'm going to give you an advocate, another advocate, the Holy Spirit, because in our culture and in our language, the word helper doesn't really convey uh, what Jesus is communicating here. And here's what I mean by that. Um, my, my dad was an electrician, and many times uh, I was his helper, for free, because <laughs> that's how that works. Um, and so I don't know if you were ever the helper on the job site, but if you're not, here's what it means if you're the helper. It means I cleaned the job site. <laughs> I swept. Um, I picked up the trash. 
I held the ladder while my dad went up and down. Um, I ran and got the tools that he asked for. Then I ran back and got the actual tool he asked for because I grabbed the wrong one. Um, I was the one who had listened to my dad's muffled yells through the attic, take a guess on what he said, um, and was usually guessed wrong. <laughs> and so he would have to yell again and come down. But, but I was there. I was there. Some of you know what I'm talking about. That's why you're laughing right now. <laughs> You were a helper too. Um, but, you know, here's the thing. I was there to help my dad accomplish his goals, right? He had goals, he had a plan, and I was there to help him. And I think for many of us, that's what, we, that's what comes to mind when we think of the word helper, right? That, that the helper is there to accomplish the person, do what they want to do. And if that's true, and we understand that the Holy Spirit is, is our helper, is another helper, then what we'll do is we'll misunderstand that and go, oh, well, the Holy Spirit is here to help me do what I want to do, right? Because he's the helper. He's here to help me accomplish my goals. But that's not actually how Jesus described the Holy Spirit's ministry. See, what Jesus did was he actually referred to the Holy Spirit as another advocate, that's why I think that word's a little bit better for us. And some of you guys are going, I don't know what an advocate is. That's why I think it's a better word, right? Because we can actually set the definition of that better rather than fight against the one that we already have when it comes to the term helper. And so Jesus called the Holy Spirit another advocate. And so in Greek culture, this term advocate was used to describe a person who kind of helped you in somewhat of a legal context, but it wasn't the same thing as a lawyer, right? It's kind of like that, but not really the same way. Um, it's kind of like a consultant, but way more than that, right? Uh, this was somebody who understood the situation deeply and then gave you really clear counsel on what your next step should be, and they really had the authority to speak into that, right? That's, that's really what this advocate uh, is. And so what Jesus says is the Holy Spirit as our advocate, he advises us, he guides us, he gives us direction on how to follow Jesus Christ. He actually empowers us to follow Jesus. He empowers us to keep his commands. He empowers us to obey his commands. He gives us the strength to say yes to Jesus Christ in every single circumstance, right? And when you're not sure how to follow Jesus, what the Holy Spirit does is he steps in and he advocates, right? He steps in and he says, let me guide you. Let me give you direction. I know what's going on here. I know the directions. I know the pathways. I know what's coming. Listen, and, and there's a level like, you know, this is God, right? And so uh, some of you guys might be thinking right now of like another passage. Uh, if you're thinking the same one I am, it's in Matthew chapter 10, right? Jesus told his disciples, he says, listen, one day you're actually going to be dragged into court over your faith. And you're going to be required to speak in front of leaders, in front of kings, in front of authorities. And Jesus said this in Matthew 10. He said, when they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour, right? In that very moment, it's going to be given to you. For it's not you who speak, but the, yeah, but the spirit of your father is speaking through you. The advocate, another advocate 
is going to come, and he's actually going to give you the words. When you don't know what to say, when you don't know how to follow me, when you don't know how to trust me, when you don't know how to lean into me, when you're not sure, another advocate is going to be there to guide you through that. And so why do we need the Holy Spirit as an advocate? Well, because every one of us, right? Every one of us, no, no matter how long you've been following Jesus, every one of us are prone. We have this unnatural bent towards depending on ourselves, figuring stuff out on our own. And you can put whatever metrics on it. I've got to figure it out now. People need an answer, you know, blah, 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 you know, whatever it is. But we have this natural bent to ourselves to make decisions. We're, we're sinfully bent to make decisions based on our information, based on our perspective, based on our sight, based on our capabilities, which we have to admit is overwhelmingly limited compared to God's, <laughs> right? And so the Holy Spirit actually leads us into truth. He leads us into truth, which is unchanging. It's, it's actually why Jesus says in John 14, why the world can't receive him, right? It's because what, why the world can't receive him? Well, they haven't said yes to placing themselves under Jesus' leadership. And the Holy Spirit actually doesn't force himself on people. And so you say yes to Jesus, and then he comes and resides within you. And so the world has not said yes, so they're still under their own leadership, right? And so Jesus says the Holy Spirit is our advocate, he advocates on our behalf, helping us to follow Jesus Christ. Okay? That's the first thing Jesus says about the Holy Spirit when it comes to following him. The second thing he says is this. The Holy Spirit also helps us follow Christ as a person. Okay? He helps us follow Christ as a person. Now, this might seem like semantics to you, but it's actually really, really important. So you have to catch this. Like, the Holy Spirit is not an energy. The Holy Spirit is not like a force. Um, you know, the Holy Spirit is not like an impersonal essence that's just kind of out there. Actually, the Holy Spirit is a person, right? He's not an it. He's a he. Um, and so he, he's this person. And in fact, you have to know this. He's one of the persons of the Trinity, right? You've got God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Co-equal. Each God, right? One God, three persons co-equal in their standing, and so the Holy Spirit is God. And Jesus makes really clear in our passage here in John 14 that he is a person. Because five times, five times, in verse 17 and verse 26, you're going to see it, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as he and as him. Now, he very could have easily said it, but he didn't. Five times. He, him, verses 17 and 26. Why? Why did he do that? Because the Holy Spirit's a person. The Holy Spirit's a person. And, that, and you go, well, why is that important? That just feels like semantics. Well, it's important for a couple reasons. One, this means that the Holy Spirit is a person. And since he's a person, he's to be known. He's to be known. He's to be honored as a person rather than a force to be used and manipulated. Do you see the difference? Since he's a person, he's to be known and he's to be honored rather than a force that's to be used. I mean, think about this. Are you really going to boss the God of creation? Are you really going to boss him around? Well, I think you ought to give me the power to do this right now. You know, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> you know, let's see how that goes, right? 
Like, go ahead, try to, try to boss around the God of all creation and order him to help you, like, score more goals or, you know, or, like, make more sales or whatever. Like, give it a shot. I'm not. <laughs> like, you can't. See how that goes. So he's a person, right? He's a person that you know. He's a person that you love. He's a person that you honor and you worship, and you don't, you don't, you don't approach God that way. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 says this about the Holy Spirit. It actually says the Holy Spirit has emotions, that he can be grieved and he can be saddened by what we do. That's a person. That's not a thing. Things can't be saddened. Things can't be grieved. People are saddened. People are grieved. Acts uh, chapter 9, verse 13 says that the Holy Spirit encourages believers, right? John chapter 16 says that the Holy Spirit convicts people of their sin. And so the Holy Spirit is a person. You have to know that. And that affects how we approach him. That means if he's a person, we can talk to him. We can ask him for help. We can share our thoughts and our concerns and our worries and our failures and our cares and all of those things with him. And he hears us. We can worship him. He's God. He's worthy of worship, right? Also, since he's a person, it changes the question I hear so often. And I've asked it myself. Maybe you have too. How do I get more of the Holy Spirit? Right? It changes the nature of that question. It's not so much how do I get more of the Holy Spirit, but rather since he's a person. Because if I try to get more of him, then that means he's a substance. He's a substance and I want more of him or I want less of him. Right? That means if, if I want more of him or less of him, that means he's like this energy. He's this force that I can control and he can help me do more. He can help me do better. He can help me whatever because he's, he's right. How do I get more of him? But he's a person, and so that actually changes the question. The question is not, how do I get more of the Holy Spirit? But the question we should be asking is this. How do I offer more of myself over to the person of the Holy Spirit? Not how do I get more of him? How does he get more of me? How do I make myself more available? How do I offer myself before God to use as he sees And as, as I've thought on that question, um, ideas like, how do I do that? How do I offer my, more of myself to the Spirit for His purposes? Ideas like, well, probably knowing Him through the Bible is probably a really good place to start. Uh, talking with Him and listening to Him. Uh, inviting Him to speak into my life and inviting Him to lead my life. Right? Those are all probably ways that I can offer more of myself to Him. I want you to think about this for a second. That God him, right? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God himself. That means this. Right? You look in multiple places in the New Testament. God says that when you come to faith, excuse me, Scripture says when you come to faith, that the Holy Spirit takes up residency in your life. He's actually a down payment. He's a deposit. He's a guarantee that you actually belong to Jesus. If he's in you, yeah. If he's not in you, ah. Right? Like that's, that's the, that's the you know, Cliff Notes version of what Scripture is saying. But so if the Holy Spirit, he is God himself and he's living in me, God is living in me. And that means God is living in you, right? Like here, how much more deeply can you be known by God? He's, he's inside of, like how much more deeply can we know God? He's in us. 
They're like, I can't get any closer. There's, no, there's nowhere else deeper to go. He's in me. He knows my thoughts. He discerns my desires. He's empowering me. He's transforming me. And so the more Christ followers know the Holy Spirit, the more Christ followers follow Christ. And so he's a person, right? He's a person to be known because he's God. That's what Jesus says. And then here's kind of three and four wrapped up together. The Holy, Jesus says this, that the Holy Spirit helps Christ followers follow Christ as our teacher and our reminder. If you look at John chapter 14, verse 26, he said, Jesus says this about the Holy Spirit. He says, but the helper, right, the advocate, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. And so you have to understand that when the apostle John uses the word teach, it's almost always in reference to the truth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he is the one who reveals God clearly and truly. And so when the Apostle John uses the word teach, both in the gospel and his letters, and he says it, he's really talking about how Jesus is the one who reveals God and how we can have faith in him. And so the Holy Spirit is our teacher, but it's not so much that he's teaching us like, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic, you know, like that's not necessarily what we're talking about, you know. Uh, So I'm not saying, you know, your prayer right before your test last minute is useless. Um, But what I would say is, but it's rather he's teaching us how to know Christ. He's teaching us how to trust Christ. He's teaching us how to rely on Christ, right? How to follow him. He leads us into truth. By the way, who is the truth? It's actually in this chapter. Yeah, John chapter 14. Some of you guys are remembering it right now. Jesus says, right? Remember, uh, one of the disciples says, we don't know where they were going. How are we supposed to know the way? And what does Jesus respond? Oh, yeah. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Holy Spirit leads us into truth, the person of Christ. And, And if you look at John chapter 14, right, the passages we read, there's like this love obedient sandwich where like the Holy Spirit's like the bread on this thing, right? Like in the passage, it's like it's verse 16 and 17. It's all about the Holy Spirit. Then you look at verses 18 through 25 and it's all about love for Jesus and, and what love for Jesus and God looks like, right? It's obedience to him. It's knowing him. It's trusting him. It's leaning on him. It's he's living inside of us, all that kind of stuff. And then you get to verse 26 and it's all about the Holy Spirit again. And so you, looking at the context, what do you think the Holy Spirit's going to teach you and remind you about? Following Jesus, loving Jesus, obedience to Jesus, right? Loving Christ through obedience. And so, and so when I want to go off and I want to go do my own thing, the Holy Spirit reminds me, he's like, um, hey, <laughs> Holy Spirit here. Uh, listen, um, you, you, you know you're not your own, right? Do you, do you remember that? Do you remember you were bought at a price? I don't know, like the, the blood of the Son of God. You know, hey, you, do you remember that? Right? Um, hey, Fritz, you, you're following yourself right now. You are following yourself. And I know you didn't mean to, but you're doing it again. Now you're doing it again. And I think you're going to want to change direction. I don't think you're going to want to go this pathway, right? And so, and so why does the Holy Spirit remind us of what Jesus said? Because Jesus is the leader. And we're following him. That's why he does that. That's why he reminds us. That's why he teaches us. And so the Holy Spirit is an advocate. 
who personally teaches and reminds us of Jesus' leadership. And he helps every genuine Christ follower follow Christ. Do, do you see that? Do you, like this, this, is, this is who he is. This is what he does. You know, this is, this is his ministry. And, and this is the truth that Jesus puts forth about the Holy Spirit, right? Who he is and his ministry. And I want you just for a moment, I want you just for a moment, put yourself in the disciples' place. Just, just try to go there as best you can, okay? So imagine you understand, right, the Old Testament scriptures, because that's all you got. You don't have anything other than that right now. And so you, you've read them, you've grown up with them, you've understood uh, you know, what they're teaching. You're very aware of the Holy Spirit, because the Old Testament is clear about who he is, right? In Genesis, he's the one who's present at creation, so that's very clear. Like, wow, this is, this is the Spirit. He's, you know, he's, he was there at creation and helped that stuff come into play. Uh, he's present in the prophet Zechariah because he's the one who's all-powerful, right? That's what Zechariah describes him as, the one's all-powerful. In the Psalms, the Holy Spirit is the one who is ever-present, when you're reading through, you know, First and Second Samuel and Kings and Judges and all the and all of these different things, you're reading these stories and you're seeing that the Holy Spirit is the one who empowered all these unique people, right? These remarkable people: Abraham and Moses and Joshua and the judges and the kings and the prophets. And so, he empowered these unique people to do unique things at unique times. And you're like, man, this this is the Spirit of God. And so, the Holy Spirit was the person who gave special people special power in special times for a special person, but for a special purpose, but now, now you're standing in front of your rabbi who has claimed to be God. By the way, and he's proven it time and time again right in front of your faces. And so you trust what he has to say. But he's saying, yes, this Holy Spirit, the same person who would empower unique people at unique times for a unique purpose, is saying that that same person, the Spirit of God, is going to be in me? Shut up, right? It's like, what is going on here? You got to be kidding. Because if, they, if the spirit is in me, then that means God views me as a special purpose, as a special person with special ability for a special time for a special purpose. What is it? What is it? You've got to tell me, what is it? If you have said yes to Jesus, the God of creation, the sovereign king over all, the all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God who supersedes space and time and history is living in you. He's living in me. He's, he's in us. What could it be for to trust him and to know him and to follow him wherever he leads you and guides you? That's what he's called every one of us to do. And as you do, you'll come to know the Holy Spirit. You'll grow in relying on him. You'll know what to expect from the Holy Spirit in different situations because you're knowing him more and more. You're recognizing his voice. You'll grow in trusting him. He'll empower you to follow Christ. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Know him. 
How do I do that? Well, the same way we develop a relationship with the Father and with the Son. It's the exact same way. It's the same way you develop a relationship with your spouse, with your close friend, right? Your coworkers. How do you do that? You spend time with them. You spend time with them. You learn who he is. Actually, in your bulletin, if you picked one up on the way in, there's a, there's a blue insert in there. And it's actually got these uh, wonderful passages and phrases in there that clearly describe the divine nature of who the Holy Spirit is, but also the personal nature of who the Holy Spirit is. If I, if it, not if I were you, what I'm planning to do is to lean in this week and to just go through those passages and to spend time learning and discovering about who the Holy Spirit is, to get to know him more, to spend time with him, to recognize what, what he's like, right? I would encourage you, work through that and discover what the Bible has to say about him, okay? What the Bible has to say about him. Pay dividends. Talk to the Holy Spirit. You can talk to him. You can ask him questions. And when you're not sure, right? Because there's probably times, maybe, maybe, maybe we are not too dissimilar, right? But uh, you're like, well, I hope not. Uh, but right, but like, listen, when you're, when you're not sure if he's the one speaking or he's the one leading in a given moment, you know what you can do? You can ask him. <laughs> like you can, be, you can be honest about that and ask him to help you know what's him and what's not him. You know what the Holy Spirit does? Jesus said it. He leads us into truth. He's never going to lead us into things that are in opposition to the scripture. He's never going to lead us in things that are in opposition to the character of God and Jesus Christ. Right? He leads us into truth. So if you're not sure how the Holy Spirit, is, is this the Holy Spirit leading or is this me leading? And me like putting the Holy Spirit's rubber stamp on this thing, trying to force something going. Ask. Be honest. Ask. Put it before in front of him. Right? He will, he will respond. He'll lead you. And so the Holy Spirit actually helps Christ followers to follow Christ. It's who he is. It's what he does. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to actually invite you to take two steps this week. Right? Both of them are actually on your connection card. They're on your bulletin. They're also online if you want to take a next step and let us know. Here's the first one. If you haven't already, I would really strongly encourage you to pick up a copy of the Supernatural Bible Meditation Plan. And so what this is, is this is the next eight weeks of just leaning into the scriptures and meditating on what does the Bible say about who the Holy Spirit is? What does he do? What is he like? Right? How has he led in the past? How, how will he lead in the future? And so, uh, actually, let, let me do this. Uh, we already had one pop quiz. Let's do another one, so it's no big deal. Uh, how many of you here this morning actually have already grabbed, like last week or maybe downloaded it, the, uh, the Bible meditation plan? Put your hand up and let us know. How many of you grabbed that, maybe working through it? Great. Awesome. Listen, you can pick, if you haven't picked one up yet, grab one on the Connection Center. They're like yellow. You cannot miss them, right? Uh, and so pick it up. And if you want, like, well, I would prefer a digital copy, uh, we'll email you a version of that. You can download it off our website, all of that stuff. But as you meditate on these passages, you're going to discover who the Holy Spirit is, right? You're going to discover what he does and how you can rely on him more and more. And so I'd encourage you to take that step this week, right? Um, if you're taking that next step, we'd love to know about that um, on your connection card. And, um, you know, again, you can pick that copy up on your way out or download it online. Here's the second next step I want to invite you to take. Right? The first one is a little bit more kind of learning and discovering about who he is. Here's this one. It's a little bit more personal. Right? This one we're going to pull up in your driveway. We're walking in your front door. We're sitting down in your kitchen. Okay? That's how personal this one's getting. Is that this week that you would set a time, you would set aside at least 15 minutes this week to reflect on your own life, right? Just 15 minutes, not a huge amount of time. 
but it's enough. 15 minutes set aside to reflect on your life. Then as you do that, to actually ask the Holy Spirit to identify, right, to identify areas of your life where you are relying on yourself instead of relying on God, right? A little more personal. (laughs) And as he reveals these areas, think deeply about why. Why am I relying on me instead of relying on my Father in heaven who is good and can be trusted in every single situation? Why am I doing that? And identify the ways you're doing that practically. Then, then, oh, you're not done. We're not done. No, you're not done. <laughs> you've just started. Then, once you've done that, here's the real crossover. Confess them before Jesus and make the decision there to repent of them, to turn away from that, right? Ask for forgiveness and make this, the decision. I'm going to start following Jesus' leadership instead of my own. I'm going to rely on God instead of myself. Right? I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit instead of trusting me. And ways you can do that is to pray for the Holy Spirit to transform your desires, to pray for the Holy Spirit to give you opportunities to follow Jesus in these areas, and to actually empower you to do it. You know what he does in the process? He actually begins to transform our hearts. He begins to transform our minds. And that begins to change our actions and our desires and all of those things. And so again, uh, that would be a powerful next step. I'm taking that next step. I would encourage you the same thing. Let us know on your connection card if you're going to do that. Because you have to understand, the Holy Spirit helps Christ followers follow Christ. I know that sounds so basic, but if you miss that, if you overlook that, you go in all these weird, wild directions that Jesus never meant you to go into. And this is actually, right, like meditating on Scripture together, praying together, confessing, repenting. These are all ways we can help each other lean into the person of the Holy Spirit. One of the small groups that I'm a part of is actually an online men's group, and we're studying through 1 Peter right now. And uh, recently we were reading one of the passages uh, in 1 Peter and talking about that, actually verses 3 through 12. And it's all about, like, find, you know, consider it joy, when you face challenges and trials and all that kind of stuff. It's like, ooh, <laughs> I think you got this one wrong, Peter. Uh, you know, <laughs> might have misheard. Um, but, uh, you know, we're reading it, we're talking about it, we're studying it. And the Holy Spirit showed me, right? He began to, as I started thinking about this, the Holy Spirit began to show me that when I face challenges or, or like problems just kind of like pop up during the day, my first reaction to that stress and to that tension, tends to be just figuring it out and solving it on my own. Like, just make the stress go away. <laughs> make the tension go away, right? Like, that tends to be one of my first uh, reactions to those, like, pop quiz moments uh, in my life. And as we're talking about it in the group and we're praying together, um, the Holy Spirit helped me to see that actually um, every challenge, every trial, every problem that pops up, every pop quiz is actually an opportunity to trust him, is to rely on his leadership, um, is actually to take steps of growth in ways that bring attention to him as opposed to bringing attention to me, right? And so since that day a few weeks ago, my consistent prayer has been that I would turn to the Spirit first when challenges arise. By the way, there have been many opportunities since that day. (laughs) 
to lean into that. And I would love to tell you that 100% of the time that when the pop quiz comes in the middle of the day, that I'm trusting Jesus first. But that's not true. Not yet, anyways. But do you know what is happening? Let me tell you what is happening. I'm discovering small shifts that are taking place in my life since I've been, since the Holy Spirit revealed this to me. Uh, small shifts like this, that instead of my first reaction being to escape the tension and the stress, I'm just moving a little bit slower, right? And I'm noticing my response time is lagging. And I'm actually okay with that. Because for me, that is a step to resist relying on me and to give space to start trusting the Spirit. I'm feeling less pressure to solve problems right now. Right? I'm trending more towards listening than I am towards talking and being heard. Right? These are just some of the small shifts that I'm beginning to notice in my own life during this time. Right? Now, now, listen, do not get me wrong. There are still many times where I'm grabbing charge. Right? So don't, don't let me mislead you. But I'm also becoming more aware of those moments. And I'm confessing and repenting of that as well. And I'm finding my grip on things that don't really matter are starting to loosen. And it feels really good, right? It just feels really good. I'm sensing my desire for eternal things increasing. Not that what happens here doesn't matter. But man, I'm really trusting. I want to tell you, that's how spiritual growth tends to work. Can I tell you that? I know a lot of us, we hear stories like people get up on stage and, you know, like, man, you know, I, I, I was an alcoholic and a drug addict and, you know, I used to punch puppies for fun and, you know, like all this kind of stuff. And then I came to Jesus and it's all over. Never had a desire for a drink. Never had a desire for a drug. Never wanted to punch a puppy again. Right? I never, ne- never, like Jesus transferred everything. And we look at those moments like that's real spiritual, supernatural transformation. And the answer to that is yes. Yes, it is. That is real supernatural transformation. You know what else is real supernatural transformation? One step at a time. Trusting Jesus every bit of the way. That is real supernatural transformation led by the Holy Spirit as well. It's not one moment and everything's solved, but rather it becomes small, consistent decisions that are born from a change of desire, a change of transformation that comes through the person of the Holy Spirit. And my heart is just warming towards the things of God and resisting the things of the world. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. And so imagine as someone who's seeking God and trying to wrap your head around all of this for the very first time, and you're actually here and you're finding yourself desiring to know more truth about who God is and how to trust him. Can I tell you something? That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit leading you into truth, inviting you to know Jesus, right? Students who are here this morning and joining us online, you know, imagine sensing the battle that when following Jesus is going head-to-head against the influence of the world, and you sense that battle internally, right? Like, And there's like wrath going on in there. That's the Holy Spirit advocating. That's the Holy Spirit empowering 
inviting you to lean into him. Mom and dad, imagine the next time that you blow up on your kids for being naturally annoying and using their spiritual gifts to strum that last nerve, right? Like imagine that when you blow up on them, instead of this awkward distance for the next few hours or the next few days, that instead you apologize to your kid for blowing up on them and ask them for forgiveness. That's the Holy Spirit reducing pride, teaching, right? All of that. Imagine noticing change and transformation in your life. Imagine new desires. Imagine resisting sin. Imagine desires to read the Bible, to pray, to know and to rely on God. That, that's the Holy Spirit. That's not you becoming a better person. That's not you finally getting with the program. That's not you finally being disciplined enough. That is the Holy Spirit inviting you into real life change and transformation deep within that begins to make its way out. That's the Holy Spirit. And if you want him, it begins with saying yes to Jesus Christ as your forgiver and your leader. I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We ask the same question at the end of every message, and it's simply this. Jesus, what are you saying to me through this passage? And I want you to take a moment to listen. Father, I pray that we have heard from you far more than we've heard from anybody else. I pray that you have been glorified and no one else has been glorified. We pray that the truth of the person of the Holy Spirit has been put forward very clearly and that you would empower us with the faith and the strength to say yes to you and to your leadership. May, may the thought remain in our minds and our spirits almost naggingly, but with joy and grace that says, Christ followers follow Christ. And that's what the Holy Spirit helps us to do. We trust you and we love you and we worship you. It's in the great name of Jesus we do ask all of these things. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 909 or 1111. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.